Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm Ben. It's episode 221. I'm here with Lucy. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. We're here with Adol. Hey. And joining us all the way from the far north, it's Adam. Hey, Adam. Hello. <laughs> not that far north. <laughs> That's true. How you doing, dude? I'm not bad. Yourself? Good, mate. Very good, thank you. Um, for those of you watching us on your screen, you'll see that Adam's face doesn't appear. He's, I mean, even <laughs> since the last time you appeared, 456 episodes ago, um, you didn't have a webcam yeah. then. You're still, still without one at the moment. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm waiting on a delivery now, apparently. Mm, <laughs> so you've substituted your beautiful face in for what you're drinking this evening. Oh, yes. Why yeah, so don't you let us know? It's a, a lovely vodka and Dr. Pepper <laughs> with, with ice for nice. added pizzazz. Is it not warm enough yet that the ice is already melted? It's mostly melted, yeah. <laughs> um, and for, for, for those of us who are, for those of us, for those uh, listeners and who aren't viewers, what kind of vodka is it? It's uh, Smirnoff Red Label, the standard classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very nice. It's one of the better ones on your supermarket shelves, anyway. Nice. Yeah. They've, they've changed their label since I had Smirnoff last, which was about 15 years ago. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it'll have been through a couple of refreshes since then, I would imagine. <laughs> More we love vodka okay. around here. We love it straight. Is this, yeah, is this your um, <laughs> table of choice? Vodka usually is, yeah. Mm. Um, in actual fact, my, my favourite kind of vodka I can't find anymore, which was the Smirnoff Black Label. Oh, which, um, the the red label was thirty seven point five percent and the black was forty percent, mm-hmm. ah. but it was much it was much smoother. Yeah, yeah. so it just it went down a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice. a much more pleasant experience, but definitely worth the the extra couple of quid it was yeah. for for each yeah. bottle. But I don't, can't find it anywhere anymore, unfortunately. That's mm. weird. I just. Oh. I guess it just didn't prove popular enough to that, remain on yeah. the supermarket shelves because I, I, I will admit I haven't looked very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's be usually oh, be we need to buy. You can find yeah. it. We, we need to buy some drink for the party or whatever. I go to whatever supermarket happens to be the closest. Yeah, <laughs> and have fair. a look there. I go. Well, it's not on the shelf, so red label it will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, doesn't exist anymore. This one shop doesn't carry it, so it's, it's gone forever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that sounds reasonably correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a, it might as well not exist. Put it that way. Yeah, true. <laughs> at least for tonight, it doesn't exist anywhere in the world. Um, what does exist are the beers that the rest of us are going to be drinking. Uh, I am going to crack into a beer this week. Well, from Left Handed Giant. Um, both of my beers from Left Handed Giant. I had a little delivery from them. They started doing. A mixed case, so six beers, plus um, a new little glass. Ooh, Ooh. stemmed one this time. That looks familiar. Looks yes. like the one that I might have bought from them a few months mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I'm going to open Bless the Weather. It's a 6.6% hazy IPA. It's got Cryo Acuanaut and Mosaic in it. That's all the info we get, but nice little can out. Someone staring into the sun or a mirror, perhaps, emulating lots of light coming through. Obviously, because it's the summer now and it's beautiful outside. Yeah, it's been Is nice it? this last few days. <laughs> Depends how far south you come. I oh, I've, I've seen Adam's pictures. It's always nice in Scotland, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'm very selective for that reason. <laughs> Lucy, so you're not. Mm. What are you opening up? I have two beers from Boundary, uh, so I'm Ooh. ripping Belfast today. I'm gonna start with. Let's start with the lighter beer. In mm-hmm. ABV, that is. Uh, this is the Imbongo, which is a tropical IPA. Um, the flavour text it says it took it took us eighteen months of experimenting with a push and pull IPA series to discover this hop combination of mosaic and azaka. Consider yourself discovered. Um, Five point five percent. 440 mils. The artwork is from johnrobinsonart.com. It's quite nice. It's very kind of tropically, jungly kind of a vibe to it. Yeah, they seem to have um, not changed up their artwork too much. Uh, it's still kind of in the same vein as, as previous beers, but it's gone from a little bit more colour mm. this time. A lot of them were quite grungy with maybe one or two tonal sort of colours. No, a red and an orange on a background of greys and whites and things, but it looks like this one's just yeah, like the other beer that I have. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's far more colourful. Yeah, nice. just smelling it. Ooh. This should be good. Nice, good. Adol, what have you got this week? Oh, we can't hear you. Is he muted? <laughs> I muted myself because I was. <laughs> tapping away because Twitch didn't update right and I didn't want my mechanical keyboard to interrupt. So instead I forgot about it and made it way more awkward than it needed. That's why you don't buy um, a mechanical keyboard. I'm so glad to be learning from the technical masters here. <laughs> uh, yeah! Look. Okay, look. This is this is the razzmatazz you get on on live streaming. This is what people want: is not polished, Unedited. uncouth. Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, I'm I'm drinking the from Morbelly Brewhouse the Big Idea Oatmeal Stout because when I put the beers in the fridge for this week a couple of days ago, I'm like these are the ones, uh, and then it got hot. Mm. It's a 5.2 percent oatmeal stout. It's got barley wheat notes. And that's about it on the okay. tin. It's pretty. Yeah. It looks mm. a little bluer, less purpley than like the background color is actually purple, but I think my white balance makes it look mostly mm-hmm. blue. So it does look very blue. Yes. Yeah. Dabba dee, dabba die. Um, but yeah. So let me just crack this and pour it. Cool. Uh, we'll talk about uh, our beers first. I'm going to come back to you, Adam. Um, Obviously, you're having a vodka and Dr. Pepper. Why Dr. Pepper? It's the best bowler. Um, 
what the worst it's what's just... the worst that could happen then like you know <laughs> <laughs> it just meshes very well um, it's one of my preferences I actually prefer that over like having it with coke or pepsi yeah it just it just complements one another that wee bit better for whatever reason okay. I couldn't now, um, do you normally, if you were just having a cola, would you reach for the Dr. P, or would you do what? Um, would you go Pepsi, Coke? Uh, it it depends. I just kind of go around them as as I as I feel like, or whatever happens to be on offer. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. T- t- tends to be the deciding factor. Uh, but yeah, I go around kind of all of them, just to, in turn. It's uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely. Mm. It's definitely much more of a preference when it comes to pairing it with vodka. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, is Lucy's... What? A vodka and pepper. Vodka and pepper? That sounds a lot different. A V&P. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose, like, I don't like the taste of Coke or cola, so I'd probably have it with, like, lemonade, so maybe... Mm. Maybe it's just like, oh, what, what's that flavour I prefer the most? And yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think lemonade's my preferred mixer for almost anything. Yeah, we don't really have lemonade like bubbly lemonade uh, back from Canada. Um, it's just not a thing. You've got like uh, cloudy lemonade, what? haven't you? <laughs> like when you say lemonade, it's like the thing kids make and sell on the street. Yeah, lemons with lots of sugar okay. in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Took a turn. It's probably just as Moorish. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, no, yeah. So it's very strange when, when, like, so like a ginger lemon. Like we just have, we don't even have ginger beer, right? Either, right? We just have soft drinks. Like the closest you get to a lemonade is a Sprite. I'm just thinking mm. of like um, the Simpsons with, with the lemon tree and like. Yeah, in America, there's all lemons. What is it at the end of the when when they take the lemon tree back and it's like Shelbyville had some weird alternative fruit and they were like this prune juice or something. Like that. <laughs> it was their national drink or whatever. That's what I think of Canada. It's like you just drink maple syrup or something <laughs> instead of lemon. I think juice. that checks out. I think that, that's that's about right. Um. Let's drink these beers and tell you all about them. Uh, so, the Bless the Weather from Left Hand of Giant. It's very, very easy. Ridiculously easy. Mm. Nice light nose, a little tropical hit to it. Little, um, like a little hop note coming off of there as well. Um, not quite a pineyness, and I would, I would have thought it would have been a bit pinier than it is in the flavour with the Aquanaut in there as well. Um, but it does have a little bit of a deeper note to it. And on the flavour, it matches uh, very well with the nose. So you're getting a lovely tropical flavour. There's a little bit of sweetness in there. Maybe a little bit of pineapple. Mm. Some some mango in there as well, maybe. Just something giving it a hint, a hint of sweetness, which then kind of pulls away to leave you with a slightly more deeper, bitter soured kind of fruit leading into this uh, into this slightly piney slightly uh, green kind of hoppy uh, note to it as well a little little bit of dankness just tiny note in there 
it was only brewed 11 days ago so it's not um it's not kind of the two day super hoppy super green kind of beer but it still has a little super bit hop. super <laughs> hop we're going to talk about that later maybe who knows um, I forgot to play it, so no. <laughs> yeah so did I um, <laughs> but yeah it's really good it's really easy uh, this is this is perfect for kind of this time of the evening really as well especially if well I had their um, fruited sour earlier which was very nice as well and this this follows on from that really really well it just gives you a little bit more depth it's not quite as fruity brings in a bit more of a um, a bitter piney uh, dank kind of finish to it as well so yeah very much enjoying this and it feels like I've got a tiny tiny glass because I have yeah. uh, and I keep topping it up mm. it'll last longer than instead of doing the dangerous pause that you, you usually do right up to the brim <laughs> That's it. I'll just yeah. I'll just pour it up to that um, one third of a pint line, mm. just to show you. I mean, it's you know pretty standard colouring for uh, for an IPA. Yeah, but oh, it's man, nice. Now I want IPA. Oh, Lucy, mm. how's yours? Yeah, I've just been sniffing it while <laughs> you've been talking. Uh, yeah, it was about a foot away, <laughs> and I could still just smell it. It's just like really like zingy, like zesty, like fruits, tropical fruits. Bit of orange, bit of lemon, bit of nice, bit of everything. Yeah, it's a really good looking beer. It's it looks like a it looks kind of like the raspberry ripple that I had last week, where it's just it looks thick, it looks viscous. Mm, it does. It's completely yeah. hot. Um, well, I should cloudy. Think if it was an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, Adam. But yes. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, it's a really good looking beer. It's 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 kind of mm. just a little bit darker than straw. Might be coming off a little bit more orangey from your side, but yeah, really nice head, looking head as well. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is good. Excellent. I haven't had this a bad good. beer from Boundary. No, no, I don't yeah, think I have to be honest. Um, it's it's a little. It it's not as thick as it looks. It's mm. it's much thinner on like the on the end taste. Um, slightly more watery than I would have expected. Uh, not in a bad way. It, it tastes more juicy, like fruit juice rather than a beer. Um, I think it's missing that hoppiness and the bitterness at the end for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it has got so much fruit in like all of the taste from start to be um, from start to end, and it's got a nice piney resinous like kind of taste as well. So I mean, it's got like half the good qualities that I like from like an IPA. I think they're definitely leaning to more tropical than oh, you know. The bitterness and the hoppiness that I want for a, from a traditional IPA, but mm. it's still really, really good. Um, nice. Yeah, I think I'm just missing that that those you know flavor profiles that would make it more beer-like and less juice-like. Um, mm -hmm. But hey, if you're someone like Adam and you like juice, 
<laughs> Maybe this is the bridging beer between vodka and uh, actually getting you to drink a beer on the podcast. <laughs> That's it. We'll have yeah. to start making a, a, a list of beers that are, well, this is the problem, isn't it? Finding beers that are then readily available to be able to yeah. send to mm. people. Yeah. Rather than those one-off brews. Yeah, didn't we force you once when you were a guest star hundreds of episodes ago to like message us from the grocery store to be like which of these seven <laughs> beers that are yeah. available? I think that was the first time I was on. Yeah, um, yes, and then you're it, like, wait, it, it, I don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> how, no, no, how about I, I just don't? I, I sorry, I tried one. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> recall, I, I recall one. you distinctly not liking it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this is the one, but. Yeah, I'll let We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know until I send you a case and then you have to drink it. Um, yeah, this is... I don't know, it's... I'll let it warm up a bit, see if um, mm. any of those, you know, the bit of hoppiness comes up when it warms up a bit, but yeah, I, I'm still really enjoying it. It is really easy, it'll go down very quickly, but yeah, I wish I wish it was um, had come full circle. Just promised on the fruit and it, it Mm. Went through just that, just yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it brought full circle with the hops and bitterness, but just isn't doing that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, Adam, how's your beer? Uh, it's very oatmeal stouty. It actually smells a little more alcoholy than I would think at a five point percent. Just has a bit of that alcohol sweetness on the um, on the nose. And then standard like mine. roasted multi. Um, sorry? Said like mine. <laughs> Actually, hold it up to the screen. They could almost be the same drink. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, no one, no one would know. Um, that sweetness I was mentioning is there as well. So it, at a 5.2%, it's less viscous than I would like. It doesn't quite coat the... The mouth, it's a little wet um, feeling on the mouthfeel. Um, sorry, my cat is yelling like a motherfucker at the door. It's real distracting. <laughs> I was hoping I could get through this and then casually dodge to the door. And uh, I, turns out I can, I, I'm just going to deal with it now that I brought it yeah. up. Be right <laughs> we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> cat cameo. That's where he won't come in now. No. Um, <laughs> just. Just wanted to oh. let Adam know. Oh no, here he is. Here he is. He's coming. It's fine. Uh, classic cat behavior, that. Yeah. yeah. Assholes, all of them. Yes. Uh, so, oh, you've opened Sorry. the door. No, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are on video, you could have seen me just standing there with the door open and a good 10 seconds of cat being like, uh huh, I'm still going to yell at you. I'm not going to come in. Anyway, um, beer. Right. Having that. Deep breath. Sounds like you need it now. <laughs> Cats drive you to alcohol. That's what it is. That's true. That's just it. licking his crotch. He just came in so he could lick his crotch in my general direction. <laughs> they um, love doing that. Yeah, just mm-hmm. they walk into a room purposefully to do that. Room yeah, full I of think people. Yeah, he wanted an audience. Yeah, like I just he was just like, look, I'm not just gonna lick my crotch <laughs> when I could lick my crotch at someone. It's so true. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So the podcast is in the room. I'll just keep him on screen. 
Fickle little bastard. <laughs> oh, so he can lick his crotch at the audience yeah. as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I think he's done. I think he's just gonna sit there. And Do you stare. have to put that on like a adults only uh, stream? <laughs> Maybe. That's I mean, we're already at eighteen mark. plus because we talk about alcohol okay. and drink. So. So when you surreptitiously <laughs> zoom in on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of stream. Um, <laughs> one well, anyway, finish, finish off these beer thoughts. Yeah, yeah, beer thought. Beer is beer. Um, it's a. Uh, it's not exceptionally oatmeal-y. Um, I'm really surprised at like like I said how thin it is and how sweet the finish is. Like I. I'd expect more of a sweetness from like a milk stout because the lactose would be broken down, but like it doesn't have, doesn't claim to have it, and it still it finishes quite sweet. It's kind of, um, except for that, the general stoutiness is kind of just, yeah, it's a little roasted malt, not a lot. Mm. Pretty inoffensive okay. in that way. Like I said, the surprise is the sweet finish. Slight coffiness um, throughout the whole thing. Uh, that's not coffiness, it's coffiness. It's nest that is like coffee, not. It makes one want to cough. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, you cannot yell at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, wow, Dorian is not usually this fucking interactive with it's the podcast. Because there's company. Well, he's yeah. Out, yeah. It's just, he's just like, yep. We got a guest. Time yeah. to time to <laughs> cough. So anyway, yeah. It, it's it's the it, it's sort of generic um, stout with. A bit of oatmeal back end, like not really strongly oatmeal stout, except for this like layer of sweetness that uh, is there on the nose and is there on the finish and kind of isn't quite as present um, for the rest. So mm-hmm. it's not quite a one note stout. It's just sort of it's doing generic stout thing, and then it's like oh, also I'm sweet at the at the end other end, and I just I'm hoping it'll grow on me because I just wasn't prepared for that level of sweetness. It's just not a standard thing. It's not what I would expect out of an oatmeal stout like this, and so. Maybe by the end of it, I'll be like, cool, this was really interesting, versus right now I'm kind of just distracted, and I don't know how much of that is because it's just not great, or because yeah. I just wasn't expecting it. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. We'll return to it at the end of the episode for more what? thoughts to see if it's <laughs> felt any better on you. Um, so, let's kick off, let's kick off. <laughs> <laughs> with our topics of the week. Adam! As yes, our guest hello. this week, what would you like to discuss on the podcast? Oh, I didn't know I had to bring a topic. <laughs> Let's talk about Ghost of Tsushima then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, your topic yeah. is that thing that you already talked to Ben, you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, which came out on Friday. So I'm up to, I've just started Act 2, and I've finished kind of the first. The island's broken into kind of three parts, I've finished the first part of it so far mm-hmm. okay nice um, so I'm, I'm quite the ways in I don't know how many hours that is mm. is uh, uh, doesn't place the station lock that or do they still not do I'm not sh- I'm not sure where they might be hiding it because it's not in the save file where it normally mm. is okay. like a lot of games it tends to be in that um, and I haven't found it in any of the menus so I don't know it's a few we'll put it that way <laughs> <laughs> it is a few it is a few hours that is how many it has been uh, ben, I believe you have also been playing. How far in are you? Yes. Um, uh, how far in am I? I'm. It's difficult to t- 
tell how much progress I've made towards kind of uh, getting through the first act. So some of the the tales, which are what they call missions instead, um, uh, give you uh, numbers on them. So you might meet up with someone and start their mission sequence. And these are for more of the kind of supporting cast. Uh, and yeah. you kind of do mission or tail one of nine. And I think with yeah. two of them, I'm roughly halfway with their tails. I've done maybe four or five, maybe six with one of them. Uh, I've done mm. a couple of them with a, with a third character. And then I've done a few spotty tails all around and explored the island a little bit. Um, I assume that I only have to do the supporting characters' tales and the uh, main quest line to progress. I mean, I may even have to do the, the main quest line to progress through to sort of towards the end of Act 1. But from what i played so far, knowing that this is only the first act, um, I, I don't know whether that's a third of the way through, um, or, or, you know, they've apportioned it in that sort of way, uh, it seems just so big. It seems absolutely massive. If I can interrupt, so each act is a different part of the island. Is that what uh, you said? Like there's, like it's a geographic, yeah, three areas. Is it like it, GTA? It seems like that because I would liken the, the the southern half of the island, which is where you start, is basically almost like White Orchard in The Witcher Three. Okay. And they're like that's you start there and then you branch out into more. Oh, and right, there's a okay. very dif- there's a bit in obviously in this White Orchard was quite small. This is the whole mm-hmm. southern half of the island pretty much. So it's, yeah. it starts you off there. The first couple of tales with the side characters and stuff that you meet kinda introduces you to the various elements in the game. Mm-hmm. And then you basically have that whole section of the island to explore. But there's a very mm. definitive gated point in the middle that oh, stops right. you going any further north yet. Is until it, you okay. progress into Act 2. Is it that classic thing of like, oh, we haven't built this bridge yet, or something yeah. like that? Or, no, it, Or is it just to do it in a smarter way, like 20 years down the line, I'd imagine? Well, it's it's smarter in that it's it's very fitting to the 1300s in that there's a big fuck-off castle. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay that makes and, sense, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there's a load of Mongols inside it, so, mm-hmm. you know, you can't actually get through it mm-hmm. straight away. And that's kind of... That's the impetus for the um, Act One, is your your uncle, uh, the Lord of mm-hmm. the Island, um, Lord Shimura, is uh, mm-hmm. he's trapped in the castle. So your your plan is basically to find figure out a way and gather some allies to help mm-hmm. you break into the castle and get oh, him okay. out. Yeah. And then and then from there it progresses into the north half of the island. Okay. Uh, right. okay. But I haven't actually really went anywhere into the north of the island yet as i say i've literally just started uh, act two mm. i got i got to that point and then went i'm gonna finish off the bit of the island that i was at first <laughs> before yeah. i move any further i think yeah. are you are you yeah, doing yeah. everything adam are you getting all the collectibles and stuff or are you just trying to mainline like some of the side quests and main quests or are you, or are you I, for the plan and i've been it's a, I've ended out doing everything pretty much so far. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of jumping about between different things, like doing a few a few of the tales and then exploring off to different areas and then you would come across more stuff. But How have you found the balance between 
mainline side quests? Does it feel like you are like changing your playstyle? Does it feel like you're getting hijacked? I just read like different opinions on um, the way the game presents you the extra stuff. I was curious how you found like it, you're clearly doing all the extra stuff. Does it feel like you're like taking a pause or being distracted or like how, or is it just really fluid for you? It's been really fluid so far. I think I've got. I would liken it a little bit in the sense that a good kind of thinking point for how the open world is structured is to start off with is Spider-Man, the PS4 mm. exclusive, in the way that it's although it's not revolutionary in terms of exactly what you're doing, it is very much go here, liberate that, go here, fight off the guys, go here, pick that up, or go there, find this mm. thing. Right. The way, in the way, in the same way that. Spider-Man made me want to cover every inch of ground in the in the whole of Manhattan because mm. traversing it was so fun, right? And the combat was pretty solid. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima takes that in another to another level as well. And the, okay. the island's so good to look at. I enjoy just roaming about it very slowly, which I don't normally do. Normally, you're just you know as fast as you can travel right. across the island. Normally, in most games, even in The Witcher Three, I tend to do that. Mm-hmm. But in this, yeah. I find myself moving through the island at a kind of slow pace, it just mm. kind of a, a regular horse trot rather than galloping around. And I like the way that it feels like a, a maturing of the design in the sense of they're integrating everything into the actual world instead of couching it in loads of menus and map points. In the way that like the songbirds come down and lead you to stuff and the foxes show you trails to things and like the smoke on the horizon and all that it actually does feel like a a maturing of the emerging side of how you would structure an open world yeah even in the and present it even if the tasks themselves aren't as revolutionary maybe yeah the visual design uh, is striking yeah Mm. and i I love how the what i've seen is that the wind like directs you to like yeah it's like i don't know the um the road signs in like Mafia, how it's just like, yeah, it's very diegetic. You don't need to look at the map. It's just like, yes, it's yeah, in there in yeah. the world. And yeah, that seems basically. Really cool. you, you use the map essentially to decide what activity you want to do or where you want to go, mm-hmm. like in a broad sense. Like, if there's say like a like a farmstead or something that's been captured by the Mongols that you want to go get to, that's the the next thing on your mission that you want to do. You can select it, and then the wind guides you towards it. Yeah. And after that. Once you've selected it, you don't need to look at the map anymore. Right. That's it really does cool. just guide you the whole time. And mm-hmm. it's those sorts of things that really make it stand apart in that regard because it is so much more immersive than having the compass and the wee mini map and, and all of that stuff because it's mm-hmm. it is very much in the world. The wind you know, you can you swipe up on the touchpad to to make it much more obvious. It gives you the you know, much more obvious effects, but it's always blowing in the right direction. So even just looking at the grass, you can tell yeah. where where you have yeah. to go. Even if sometimes you go, right, I'm not 100% sure, so I'll, I'll flick the thing and it'll tell me exactly. It'll be very obvious, like, that way. <laughs> yeah, and I've, yeah. I've, I've barely flicked on the, the touchpad at all to, you know, call the wind in. It's just been... There's been so many particle effects on screen. You can see the direction in which they yeah. are being blown. So you just know really? the rough direction that you can go in. And, and, and you'll find that if you're sort of moving around on your horse and you're kind of, you're going forward, 
but that your point was here, but actually you're kind of veering off to the side and kind of going towards the the side of the point. The the particles will shift, and the, obviously the wind is all centered on that point. Will always flow to the point that you yeah. have chosen. So you will notice when they shift and you will be able to follow it really, really fluidly and naturally. Uh, and you do, I think, find some points. And the only time I think I've used it is when I've perhaps come up to a cliff face. And um, it it's not just that it, it shows a big gust of wind. And I don't know if this is something you can turn on and off because I haven't investigated, but in the top corner... It also tells you how far away you are from it. So it will say you are 150 metres away. Yeah. And at, at points I thought, right, I don't need to get off my horse and scale this cliff in front of me or this, this big hill. I'll just trot around it because it's not on the hill. It's on the other side of this. Right. So yeah. actually I can still make my way there quite quickly by knowing that I can just follow the line of this, get around it and move rather than get off the horse, climb the wall run across, get yeah. back down the other That's side. Useful. And so it, yeah. it is very, very useful. It, it just allows you a little bit more freedom. And whilst it is a big game and it's full of stuff to do and things it's that... Uh, <laughs> it is one of those. It is absolutely one of those. Mm. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you do um, does count towards your progression as a character. So you will get supplies or different things that you can find from various areas which go towards upgrades of your weapons and, and your armour. Uh, you might find uh, little places that are uh, hot springs, which you can take a bath in, and that increases your life. Uh, very, very yeah. small, but it increases <laughs> your life. Um, there is, I can't remember, what does haiku? You, you can sit there and <laughs> yeah, write haiku write as well and stuff. <laughs> the, and, the, the, the haikus give you headbands. Yes. Uh, so there's lots of <laughs> different go down things. Like Do the headbands have any stat like... bonuses, or is this just like your no? I think the yeah, headbands the... are just vanity. Yeah, they're just cosmetic. Mm. As far Did as they I go can. down there a may, there checklist of like what is Japanese? And they're like, okay, we got haikus, we got rings. Yes, you've got a ja You play the Japanese flute. <laughs> yeah. The the funny thing about <laughs> the the flute actually changes the weather. So for. Mm. The first couple hours of the game, I only saw sunshine because the first song you have yeah. is to to make it sunny, and that's I was playing cool. it all the time. <laughs> I didn't realise that that's what it was yeah. doing at first. That leads yeah. into my question: like, is there any supernatural like elements? I'm sure I saw like a trailer or something. Did he turn into a dragon? I can't remember, but <laughs> I don't know. It's really supernatural. Wait, no, what? I don't know. Maybe it's dragon. something else. Yeah. Or he turned into Hold some on, let me fire just order this game. I, I want to turn into a dragon. <laughs> I, I, There's I, some, I, but not in regards to like, the combat or anything. Uh, but oh, there's yeah. there's some elements because uh, the, there's a uh, there's particular tales that are like mystic tales of like legends of the past mm. that mm. take you to get either like powerful bits of armor or unlock powerful uh, moves. That you can only get through following these various trails, and it takes a few steps, and you get to them. And there's a couple of them we've had. Uh, very, you know, because they're, they're couched in all the, the the spiritual nature of of those things. And right. one okay. of the one of the weapons you get is supposedly cursed, and that plays into mm. it. And the, so there is some elements of that, but it's 
Not as much not as to... I was probably thinking. I thought you were like some yeah, Shadow it, Ninja or something like that. Well, just... it, what, it, it, what? it's not like The Witcher in that sense. There's no, mm. you know, clicking There's your no fingers magic. and setting people mm. on fire. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I honestly thought that's what it was about. Also, you can set people on fire, but it's with fire arrows. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I, what I like I about it. Mm. <laughs> what I like about it is that there is this mystic element to it, but actually everything is pretty grounded in reality there is a, a, a an explanation for a lot of things within this and whilst something mm. so i picked up a move you you tap two buttons together to do a pretty powerful sword attack yeah um, and it gives you this mystic story you have to go and talk to like this this bard character this musician who tells yeah. you the tale and it goes into this lovely um uh, kind of ink um comic book kind of um, cinematic to explain the tale to you but actually when you get there you find someone who has learned this technique because someone has told them about it and rather than uh, you, you the, the character Jin he, he says I'm watching you I'm watching what you're doing so actually he is learning the technique from fighting this opponent rather than it being a mystic technique handed down to him by some deity or supernatural yeah. being everything yeah. is kind of grounded in a little bit more reality and it does still say this is very mystic and supernatural yeah. but that fits the setting and fits the time very very well just uh, from i don't think i found infamous, anything i thought there'd be like mm. a bit more yeah here's fire god Liu kang or something like that <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> well it definitely definitely has that little bit of a vibe to it mm-hmm. um and you 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 know Playing it, I think just from the tone of the game and the the colours, the aesthetic of it, but also then these extra bits, I'm like, this is a sucker punch game. I can see how they have, you know, how they've stepped up from the previous games that they've made, but where it sort of its genesis comes from uh, and just kind of how they've adapted and changed a little bit to, to make this. Uh, it still sort of retains that... Um, almost not cartoony sense to it, not not at all, but it has that pop to its aesthetic. Mm. Um, yeah. it, and it has that slight sense of exaggeration, as if it's yes. already a, a story you mean, like, being told. Drawn art versus cartoony, which is very Japanese, and like old, old school Japan had a lot of like line drawn art mm-hmm. in it that of characters and stuff, um, but wasn't sort of cartoon or anime or, or, or animated it was just like it's not yes you know, it's not you see on scrolls it doesn't so the, even the stuff you see on scrolls it, it it doesn't quite it's a very modern art take on it it's not old school japanese art right. um and it's much more um so the, the 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 one cinematic i've seen and the tutorial scenes as well which are kind of inked up drawings they're very much in that um, sweeping brush kind of sense um, rather than it being a comic book kind of panel yeah. uh, right. everything has that lovely flow to it but it's all kind of black art with maybe a pop it's in a like colour to it Red Dead 2 when it was like, like a little postcardy look around then. A little, a little like that but a bit more yeah definitely has more of that modern Japanese tone yeah. to it um, yeah. and, and my I mean I don't currently have 
any criticism about it and we'll come back to you Adam to see if there's anything uh, from you but the the one thing um, that it's not really a criticism it's more of an observation in that this is a beautiful game the aesthetic is is stunning and I am playing on a base PS4 but the thing that I've picked up coming off of the uh, the back of The Last of Us Part 2 is that uh, The Last of Us Part 2 is so rich in detail and texture and movement and this has some lovely wind effects it's got some lovely animations but things like the vo- the the facial animation is a little bit um, stilted. Not 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 stilted. Not even stilted. But after the Last of Us Part Two, it feels just that grade below. Um, you can look at some of the textures, and they're not quite as rich as they are in something like the Last of Us Part Two. Mm. It's still a beautiful game. Absolutely, still a beautiful game. And looking back at stuff like um, you know The Witcher Three. It is, it is better looking than The Witcher Three, but it's probably after you've played The Last of Us Part Two and seen the detail in that, I would my mind was instantly like, oh, this looks like The Witcher Three now. This is what The Witcher Three looked like. This is this you know this is what stuff looks like now, and it doesn't. It is it is better than The Witcher Three, uh, maybe not better than The Witcher Three on the most high end PC yeah, capable of running say, that. Like, the Witcher Three in four K is like beautiful. Oh, fair enough, I haven't played Ghosts, but. Um, yeah, I think on a on a base mad. PS4, mm. this is probably the most aesthetically pleasing game. Uh, yeah. But I I think the Last of Us Part Two is the best looking, uh, the best detailed oh. game. Yeah, is it so? So I've read a few different opinions on it, and. Um, one other thing, well, so one thing that I didn't want to push you guys towards, but you seem to have got here on your own, is um, mm. some one of the complaints is it's such a breathtakingly beautiful game, and it's just littered with distractions from exploring the world for its own sake because of all the side quests and collectibles, etc., that you're, like, so busy tracking this, that, the other thing, that you don't get to just wander around. Um and, and so that seems juxtaposed with what you're saying, which is kind of like something in the deep... Like, that seems to be, like, overly detailed in the gameplay versus environment. But you seem to be saying there's just not enough detail in general. So I just thought, could you, like... One, do you think that, that criticism of... Um, it'd be nice if I could explore the world on my own terms instead of seemingly, like, being led around by gameplay mechanics that don't really match the aesthetic that point uh, but also is that what you mean by like not of detail that it's not just like this living organic world no it's definitely a living organic world I think by uh, less detail it is in terms of textures um, oh you mean like a, literal 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 yeah there's there's oh, there's okay. lots of stuff going on I mean you can you can look at kind of individual blades of grass and things like that but actually when you kind of get into the the textures and and things like that it, there, there isn't quite as much um, as the as the Last of Us Part Two, and that just that just has is kind of next level, yeah. really, yeah, in yeah. terms of its level of detail uh, it, it, aesthetically. It's, it's hard because it's not an open world. The Last of Us Two. Oh, and very like, much, absolutely. Mm, I don't think we it's can a very linear sort of game. Last of Us Part Two, and it's, it's never going to uh, be fair. No, mm. I, I completely agree. It's not going to be fair. It's a very different game. They can put their resources very differently. 
into that game. And I think Ghost of Tsushima is a, a beautiful looking game mm. uh, in terms of the world and being sort of led around it and things i've actually just been exploring my own way and mm. kind of not being led around very much and just saying well i'm just going to go over here now and have a look at what's what's going on i know that there's a question mark on the map it's just popped up because i've chatted to someone uh mm -hmm. in the in this camp over here and they've given me some kind of explanation as to why there may be something i should investigate so there's now a question mark on the map uh, i'll go and have yeah. a look uh, and no sorry continue yeah, uh, just add, yeah and just it's very I think it is very fluid in allowing you the opportunity to move around and just just before we do switch Adam uh, did you did you feel led at all moving around the island no in the sense that like you can ignore it like yeah. the, the, the songbirds and that you know appear in front of you and you get the wee uh, audio cue to tell you that there's one near you and then it'll lead you off to where it wants you to go but you don't have to follow it there's nothing forcing you to do that i think and yeah i think the, the 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 comment was there was so much of those things that like they you never felt like you were just immersed in the world for the world's sake again mm. this is me uh, this was a thing that I heard yeah. that I was like, really, if that's the case, I'm way mm. less enthused about it. So I thought I wanted I wanted right. to check with you guys whether, like, how how annoying it is, like, how distracting are all those cues? I wouldn't say they're, they are. Uh, I'd say you get quite a few initially because the game's trying to introduce you to all the different parts. Yes. Yeah, because the game's trying to yeah. know what mechanics are. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's telling you all the various things, so it's, it's showing you, you go to like the hot springs for this and you go to the, the bamboo cutting right. thing for that and you know it's showing you where the fox den is and what that does that takes you to a shrine and all the rest of it but once you get through that initial kind of tutorialized section and you move past that out into the broader island that goes away you don't go very far without encountering something of note mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like you're being forced into anything yeah. beyond, it's, obviously. Yeah. Right. If there's enemies there they and see you, they attack you, which is uh, what you would expect. Yeah. I think it's uh, just very of, more like, yeah, this is a game. This is a video-ass yeah. video game. It's not Red mm -hmm. Dead where we're not going to put any, or, or very few markers on. Like it's, it's not like, oh, this is where you do this particular thing, and this is where you do that particular yeah. thing. It's not as fluid. This and, is, again... And, yeah. This is again where I find that it's a, a maturing of how you design an open world in the sense that all of these activities and things fit very easily into what the world is, why you're there, why the Mongols right. are there, what's happening to these people. Okay. And, you know, in the island as a whole, it fits all of that. So mm. you'll come across a few Mongols that have captured, you know, a, a Japanese peasant from somewhere. You, know, you kill the Mongols and you free them and then they go... Oh, I was captured here and they've attacked you know this wee village or they've been here and they've set up a checkpoint and that starts to inform you of where some of the Mongol kind of camps are and things of note or they give you stuff mm. Uh, mm. and you encounter people that way as well as and as well as just exploring for its own sake yeah. but it's that melding of the two that I really like because it all fits together as opposed to you go to Manhattan and discover that Spider-Man is the most forgetful man on earth and leaves yeah. a bunch of backpacks with RFID tags in them <laughs> scattered across Manhattan which is just 
Which yeah, is just yeah. a it's a it's a poor excuse to fit in a collectible. Whereas mm. these all feel at least a lot more thought out in this terms of how they present them into the narrative of the world yeah. and why you're there. That and makes doing sense, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it's sort of like in between that kind of Spider Man yeah. you know, very derivative open world versus like Red Dead. Yeah. But yeah, because I've heard arguments that it's like, no, you're still doing the Assassin's Creed, like unlocking towers and finding foxes yeah. and stuff like that. It's just it's a, very video gamey. But if yeah. it makes more sense and context in that world, that's that's interesting. I think yeah, you're definitely are doing that. Like if you strip it back to its absolute, the, what's the simplest explanation for what you do is fetch quests, eliminations, camps or towers or whatever. <coughs> It is if you boil it down to its most basic level, then that is what you're doing, and that's, that's where every video ho- game, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's where that's where you know hopefully as these and things you, yeah. as ga- game development matures, hopefully maybe in the next generation we'll see a lot more development so, in that element yeah. of it. But, but in terms of how they present that that kind of basic, well, here's an open world formula that works because it has worked and people enjoy them. Here right. is a, the kind of best version of that. Yeah, that's but, that's how yeah. this feels. I'm just saying it as this is the swan song for like the PS4, and yeah. where Infamous was, Infamous Second Son, that was very oh this is open world video game 101. So I was just wondering, what is that journey? What is the evolution? Is there? It doesn't matter if there's you know a big enough one because this game will sell go on to sell so many copies and people are happy with it so I'm just wondering from maybe a personal standpoint will I ever pick this up I don't know because I'm just thinking do I want another derivative open world video game no matter how much these things make sense in the context of the world if it is just still bandit camp collectible it's like do I want that I don't know you, you know so I'm just wondering what uh, how far you know open world yeah. video de- game designers actually come in terms well, of this. And, and and I think how far can it go? You know what what can be the next evolution of something is here, go and do that. Something is here, go we've and do that. It. We've I think... seen Breath of the Wild. We've seen Red Dead. This generation yeah, and those games are two, three years old now. And I, I think with Ghost of Tsushima, it isn't. Here is something. Do it. Here is something. Do it. It's here is something. Yeah. And you yeah, can just choose to do that or not. I mean, it does give you a... Yeah, and if you do it, it does improve your renown on the island, which is the way of giving you better techniques and things. So there is a um, an upgrade element to it as well. So by doing more things around the island, the stronger you become. Yeah, but I, th- there's a difference as well in that whatever you do adds to that as opposed to having to do this specific task for yeah these but, all the time there's a lot of it is most of the like the shrines and stuff like that are all optional you don't need to go anywhere near them to progress um, as opposed to it feeling like you have to do them to get the best right, stuff it's, it's not this weird like optimization wandering path no yeah yeah i think i think i'm just uh, I, i'm fed up of open world games like at this point, I'd say I yeah. dislike them more than I like them, you know. And it's it takes a lot for for something for it to be something different. Spider Man, yeah. I'll give a pass because I like that character and the story was actually good, which is 
Actually, what yeah. I wanted to ask about this, is and the story any good? I've heard not great to middling things about this story. I'll let, I'll let you answer it, Adam, because you're a lot further than I am. Yeah. I've liked it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's obviously drawing on all the that lore of the, the samurai films from Kurosawa and stuff like that that I'm not really familiar with myself. So as much as I, I'm very interested in you know the, the the samurai and that way of life and their how they they couch everything and their there's a system of honor and, and all the rest of it i like how it's playing with that mm-hmm. but even that crops up and crashes into you know it is still a game in the sense that it makes quite a big deal about the first time you assassinate someone mm. and then Lara Croft. And yeah, yeah and then, and, and then immediately like, after yeah, that distance. i killed another two people exactly the same way <laughs> yeah i mean but, with zero consequence as yeah well. but but then in the you know the second kind of story mission after that there's another we shorter moment that's similar right at the start you know exactly that same about uh Jin, you know grappling with that side of you mm-hmm. know he's, he's breaking what he he's supposed to be about you know the man of honor who stares his enemy in the eye and and kills them in a fair fight as opposed to stabbing them in the back and all that but there seems to be a, a reflection of character, at least, in terms of the story and how Jin is yeah. feeling. But I felt that there was there's one character who talks about honor, and he says, "You killed some people like this, and 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 that's not how samurai are." And it wasn't suddenly you can never do another mission for me again. It was just I'm going to tell you off, and we're just going to move on. Yeah, I th- I think that's that's almost part of. The, the point of these kind of narratives it's the it's highlighting the hypocrisy of the words and the actions hmm. anything any belief system that's that rigid and not flexible doesn't get you anywhere like the that's, rest of the infamous games yeah but that, yeah. that's <laughs> that, that's, that's why sort i don't of, like the infamous games that much yeah like, mm, yeah <laughs> but that, that, that is the sort of that's how they get into this mess in the first place mm. like they, they decide that the samurai way is to start a pitched battle as the Mongols land and they get their arses handed to them. Yeah. Mm, right. Because they, they don't fight in terrain that suits them. They don't fight in a manner that, you know, that enhances their chances of winning. They don't fight with any strategic sense. They just charge in and get absolutely whipped and that's the start of the game <laughs> and how the island gets captured in the first place. Yeah. So, right. and it's sort of interesting seeing the two sides of that, how Jin obviously struggles with how he was brought up to believe that this is how he's supposed to act. The necessity of doing what has to be done to liberate the island from the Mongols and survive and save his uncle and all the rest of it. And then cropping, and then it starts cropping up with a few samurai that are left who start bitching about the fact mm. that he stabbed a couple of people in the back or, or whatever right. to, to save them. And you're like, well, fuck, fuck yourself, mate. <laughs> well, but I would have, yeah. I would have liked a little bit more consequence from that. So you know, and we've this is one of the the, the things that we talked about with the infamous games hundreds of episodes ago. Whenever we spoke about them, uh, how whilst it cuts you off uh, and and you have to pick a a side almost, whether to be good or to be bad, to unlock better abilities and things like that. Yeah, there 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 might be a different ending to the game. Um, and you may uh, open up other and, and cut yourself off from other missions and things. Ghost of Tsushima doesn't seem to have taken that to another level. It, it is very much just 
here at least for me so yeah. far yeah. here are submissions you can do them irrelevant of what you do within the world you will always be able to go and do this mission you cannot ever be that bad that this mission will suddenly cut itself off from you there yeah. doesn't seem to be any kind of consequence within the world about my the way i act yeah. Um, and and you would and, and Adam, I completely agree that it, it does seem to, you know, look at the sort of very rigid structure of 13th century. Was it 13th century? But Japan yeah. of that time, um, and how angry people get that you're fighting without honor and all of these things. But there's no consequence. The characters just go, sure. I'll just I'll just carry on. I'll just crack on yeah. with this. You can still come and join me for the next part of my mission. Um, uh, and it would it would have been nicer to have seen some kind of divergence of story or path or something. Right. I think I think we're, you'll start to see that in the later acts. Oh, good. Be- okay. Because nice. without going into any particular details, the obviously you know you you, you unlock the north half of the island, so you capture that castle eventually, and you mm. free his uncle, and his uncle. Um, react quite badly to Yuna. Yeah. Who who's the the a character thief. yeah, who's the character yeah. who sets this entire thing in motion is the most mm. pivotal person because without her you'd be dead. Like right from the word go. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Mm. It's it's actually Yuna that's pivotal in setting you along that kind of path towards becoming the ghost of Tsushima mm. and straying away from strictly samurai path. Um, so I think we'll, from what they've said in interviews before, the story is about Jin going from straight-laced upstanding samurai to the ghost of Tsushima, yeah, right. regardless of how you play it. Uh, so even if you play it mostly as upstanding samurai, you still unlock those abilities and you become renowned as the ghost as the story mm. progresses. So I think you'll see narrative consequences amongst the characters particularly okay, nice, with good. a clash with his uncle at some point is how mm-hmm. I'm thinking it will come along. And there's some other characters who I think will play into that sort of fight. If yeah. if, it, if that's maybe how Act 3 goes or or something like that. I, I see mm. that definitely on the horizon. But I don't think it will lock you out of any of the activities or the missions mm, okay. or abilities, but I see it it will have a narrative consequence at least, I think. They'll at least explore it. But it's a scripted narrative consequence, isn't it? It's not a narrative yeah. consequence based upon your actions or the way that you play. No. Which I think I liked from Sucker Punch. I liked the idea that they, uh, you know, whether they did it very well or not, but I kind of like the idea that, like, well, if you're going to play this way, that's the way, the that this go. is how it's going to go. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that The Witcher 3 does very well, is giving you the mm. consequence within the world. Yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. Even if it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't always ne- impact the, the larger story but you know certain activities and actions you take can lead to you know the, the killing of a, an entire village and stuff like that depending mm. on what you do there's a lot of moral grey and uh, I think just because the way they've structured their narrative in this one that it is you're, you're going from the light to the dark in quotes as the samurai would see it uh, it's it's taking you along that path that's the story they want you to have so yeah they're, they're not giving you that element of it but mm-hmm. I think as long as they, they follow through on that element to it and there is mm. real narrative consequence that works and is structured well then that that would be interesting even without the the gameplay kind of repercussions that you would maybe have 
liked in a different game. Uh, yeah. It's something that they maybe could. That's maybe something that we'll see more of in the future with games, but mm-hmm. it's just obviously not what they went for in this one. Yeah. Yeah. But but before we move on, I wanted to go back to a couple of things about the, the graphics stuff. Okay. I think the. Like you mentioned, the facial animations. I think the mm-hmm. problem I have with them tends to be that the bottom half of the face is a lot more movable than the top half. You know, like the, the eyes and the forehead and stuff doesn't really move very yeah. much, and I think that's why it doesn't it doesn't quite it's, look it's as good. It's just a mouth, it, isn't it? They're they're very it's like Thunderbirds yeah. puppets, isn't <laughs> They're they're still very expressive, but they're just not quite as fully expressive across the whole face as you'd maybe want. And mm-hmm. it, I suppose it, it gets away with it slightly because they're all very stoic. And yes, they as are, much yeah. as much as the world has literally fallen apart around them and foreign invaders have turned up, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of hysteria, <laughs> which you would maybe expect, considering how people have reacted to COVID. <laughs> I would have expected a lot more, pan- you know, with if it had turned up with a sword, I would have expected a lot more hysteria. But no, uh, and and that side of it, and then. Uh, with regards to like the texturing and stuff, I think I agree with them not being quite as detailed as maybe they are in some other games, even like The Witcher Three, in terms of the stuff that's static. But mm. they've used the particle effects and yes. and built it into the wind and all the rest of it. That all of that is so much more alive. It, mm, it, it is, yeah. It, it it distracts the eye away from the fact that. You know, it's a very flat-looking load of leaves that you're walking across the top of because you're mm. getting all of the the lovely particle effects that come off it. It's a it's a good way of covering it and and still giving you you know quite a good draw distance and and everything else for all the other stuff that's going on, as well as the particle effects for the wind that are so important to the game working. I'm guessing mm-hmm. there's no load times so you can just go from one end to the other maybe you can go from one end to the other um, the only time there are load times I think is when you fast travel okay. uh, there's, but I, there's loading every time you talk to someone ah. every time you press R2 to speak to someone it the puts you into for a second or something like that. It, it, it loads you into just a, a slightly like set scene yeah, in. I think that's yeah. more of an aesthetic choice that it mm. is trying to capture yeah. that more movie type filmic yeah. uh, uh, sense that they can set a scene or show the way that right. people talk with a certain camera yeah. sort of yeah. um, but cinematography that, sort of cut mm. to that. That's definitely true. But when you're talking to the merchants and stuff like that, it doesn't. And that's mm. uh, there's always a slight delay between yeah. the, it, it moving yeah. into that and them having the reconversation and then moving back. So I think there's, I, a, there's a wee hidden loading screen in there, I think. There probably is. And I, I yeah. did read that um, when you do fast travel or there is some kind of loading screen, they bring up tips and they actually yeah. um, slowed down the load, not slowed down the load times, but they, they forcibly made them longer because the loading was so quick that, that you couldn't sucks. read any of you couldn't read any of the tips on the screen. <laughs> so they slowed it just a little. Paper. I mean, it's a, exactly. Uh, Jesus I have, Christ. I have found that have the, a helps menu like like oh I don't know why don't I just hit yeah. pause and then go to list of tips and tricks. I, mean, I don't know how true it is. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I've definitely found that the the loading is very quick. Mm. You it you is. will you will read one tip. And you will click the button mm-hmm. to see the next tip, and you will not see the next tip. <laughs> yeah. You should have better tutorialization then, instead of asking I don't players think to every, read something every on the tip, screen. Every tip I've read 
I think I've known yeah, what it's, it's yeah, telling yeah, me so. already, just because it tells you that through the world. That's done. Right. It's, it's just t- one of those that... It's, it's, it's like because next generation you, you, eliminates load times, but no, we're going to put them in anyway. So you read some tips. Uh, it's one of those that you, you can't just have a you know a load screen like a fade to black and then nothing. They have to have something on it, and it's it's fairly standard kind what, of game game of design Duty practice. That war you put, quote: I don't need to read yeah. any of those. Like, come on, just load the game immediately. Yeah. But they always have to put something on it. I think that's all that is. It's it's but tips you've, you've down. heard before. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's true, but um, the the loading's definitely pretty quick. Yeah, from what I've experienced, you know. Right, let's move on from Ghost of Tsushima. No, uh, oh this is God. the Ghost of Tsushima pod. Uh, maybe we'll return to it if we've got some time at the end. Uh, if you've got more thoughts, Adam, to to give us, well, maybe you can return to us in a month's time. When you know one of us has finished it, probably you before me. Yeah, I was going to say it's not going to take me a month. <laughs> not at the rate I've been playing it. <laughs> I think I think that, I think I'm on for a month. I reckon. Um, let's open some more beers. Uh, Adam, you're sticking on your vodka and Dr Pepper. You're not you're not yeah. shifting mixer or anything. No, no, I'm just sticking with the same. It's a school night. I don't want to be mixing drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I am going to drink another left-handed giant beer, but this is a collaboration with Dea uh, called Mockingbird Dream. It's a double IPA at 8%. Mm. It uh, has Citra, Cryo Mosaic, and Strata in it. Uh, barley, oats, wheat are the allergens. That's all it tells me. I'm not sure whether the can actually did show mm. up on screen. Just it does, now. yeah. It's yeah, got a lot lovely... Um, Geometric, yeah, sort of yeah. art shape, Cube, uh, cubism, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of cubism, impressionist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Lucy, know what's the what's the next beer that you're drinking? <sighs> it's from Boundary, and this is oh, yes. called Right Hand Man Back. Um, it's an IPA again. This one's six percent. Um, it just says IPA with sixteen grams per liter of dry hop mosaic. Um, yeah, that's it. It's 440 mil again. Cool. Hello, how about you? Uh, I'm having uh, the Garden Brewery's Flat White Coffee Porter. It's made in Croatia. It's five, uh, that's where Garden Brewery is from. 5.5%. Cold brew iced coffee porter, rich, smooth, and creamy, with notes of roasted almond and dark chocolate. Um, yeah. Uh, it's got pe- uh, the, the malts are pale caramel, crystal tea fifty, dark crystal chocolate, black malt, golden naked oats. It only has Columbus hops, and the Ooh. yeast is A Y four, and the adjuncts are the blackout blend of the Cogito coffee. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's nice that they have a- all of the things on a can. Yeah, and nice that they have a blend of coffee Fuck. in there as well, rather than just some beans, you know. Yeah. Also, the Kogito blend, I mean, that just screams day card. <laughs> Ooh. I drink, Ooh. therefore I am, right? Ooh. Mm. Ooh, someone's ooing and eyeing. I'm ooing, I'm ooing, I'm ooing and eyeing. Um, the, uh, the Mockingbird Dream, the Left Hand of Giant Day collaboration, it's yeah. a lot more amber mm. in colour. Than the previous um, 
hazy IPA from Letano Giant. Yeah. It's got a nice big nose to it. Uh, a bit more, maybe not malty, but it's got this slight kind of heaviness to the nose. Mm -hmm. When was this brewed? When was this one brewed? This one was brewed on the on the thirtieth, so not quite a month ago, three weeks ago. Uh, oh, it's a lot deeper than the last bit. A little bit more viscous. Hmm. And it is. I mean, uh, thinking that the nose was maybe a little bit more malty, the flavour is a little bit as well, but it's still got that lovely. Thick nature to it as well. Mm, there's some very, very difficult to pick out fruits kind of floating around sort of towards the back. There's this sweetness in there as well. This sweetness, I think, from the malts kicking through. And it'd be interesting to see what malts they've got in this. It's almost got that hint of maybe toffee to it just mm. giving it that little bit of sweetness kind of backing up these fruits um, and it's kind of just got a, a lovely smoothness to it um, these these flavours kind of um, uh, like one of the beers I had last week I think everything kind of presents itself quite quickly and then peels away leaving you with these different flavours and that more malty slightly toffee a sweetness sticks around with you and it's very very pleasant it's very very easy it's really nice uh, and uh, it's not making me drink this at all you know it's still with me after that sip mm. that, that, that flavor is still there lingering lovely um, definitely going in to get more from it and experience the whole thing again but it just lasts and it lasts and it lasts and it lasts. That sounds like it. It is. And the, um, what was the hazy IPA called? Uh, Bless the Weather. Went down really mm. swiftly. Uh, I think this is going to stick around a little bit more. I can sort of luxuriate over this a little bit. I don't need to reach for it mm. because the flavour just lingers, just sticks around. Nice. There's a slight souring towards the end. Only slightly, maybe a little bit of an earthy note in there as well, kind of on the finish. Um, that's just pushing everything else up a little. Uh, but it definitely, especially for a Dea and a Let Down a Giant beer, that, that kind of more sweet toffee, mm. maybe edging on sort of caramel note is really interesting to get kind of within that as well. Um, I know having had a few beers a couple of weeks ago with Strata in, um, this is using it a little bit differently whether it's just balanced out by the citra and mosaic differently to the other ones and um, which those were ones that showcased strata so probably used a lot more within the uh, brew than perhaps this is um it's not the leading hop on the on the bill whether they've just gone for a, a alphabetical or not i don't know seems that way but it doesn't affect it quite as much in as uh, you know, as those other Strata beers did, it's definitely got a little bit of an effect, but not a big 
effect. So it's very, very easy, very, very pleasant. I'm going to stop talking about it. Lucy, yeah. I'll come to you. Like yours, Ben, mine is uh, a bit more ambery, a bit more orange than the last mm. one. Um, head didn't stick around for nearly as long. It's a bit more, not as frothy and bubbly as the last one. Um, still a really good looking beer. Just as hazy and as opaque as the last time. Yeah. Definitely getting more aroma on this one, but... Um, I mean, it's been dry hopped with Mosaic. Uh, the other hops on the last beer were Mosaic and Azaka, but... doesn't mention anything about dry hopping, so yeah, you'd expect the aroma to be a bit more... in your face uh, with the dry hop. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you're getting those lovely, like, uh, floral lavender like notes that I attribute with mosaic so it's a really good smelling beer and I'm hoping it's definitely a bit more hoppy with the dry hop so let's see nice mm. it's just as easy as the last one not nearly mm -hmm. as viscous as you'd think like it's it looks like a, it might be a heavy Looking, I mean, it almost looks like a double IPA, um, looks wise, but it's definitely easy to drink. Definitely, oh, yeah. It's, I still don't think it's quite there with like the hoppiness and bitterness, but I think it's a step above the tropical IPA, um, in terms of tasting and feeling like a beer rather than yep. like fruit juice. So I prefer that, but. Yeah, it's got a bit of like malty caramelness in it, so malt is definitely a bit more mm. noticeable than the last beer. I think the last beer was just very much, oh, we've got like fruity citrus flavors, and that'll carry through the flavor, but like there's not much else in terms of dynamism. That's the word. Um, but yeah, like this is, it's getting there. It's getting there not quite there it's still really good beer still really easy still really like tasty but <sighs> just throw some There's bitterness something. in there man like mm. Mm. just want that little bit extra from it yeah and it, it's really smooth and i think i just want that that a bit of a harder edge a bit more hoppiness in it mm. oh, i don't know but it as I say, still really enjoying these. Like, if you wanted to knock a couple back, like, boundaries where it's at. They're not heavy nice. at all. And these are, like, perfect summer beers. It's a shame mm. that it's, like, nine o'clock and I'm not outside. So, in the sun. Because <laughs> right. these would be perfect for that, but yeah. Good. Not nice. all the way nice. there, but... You'll have, to, you'll have to record on your phone next week so you can just sit in the garden and relax <laughs> and... <laughs> Catch the last of the evening sun. Mm. Uh, Adol, how about you? Um, so this one also has a bit of a sweetness in its um, nose, but it's less. I guess it's more melded with the rest. So the nose is you get a little bit of that coffee, but you mostly get those roasted notes. Mm. Um, some maltiness uh, on a porter. It's um, really well rounded. Mm. So again, it's a 5.5% versus I think the last one was 5.2. Again, a little thin, um, but there's just a little, ex little more clinging to to the tongue and the mouth that just helps 
um, make this feel more rounded than, than the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, much more roast roasted malt forward. Just like there's there's more depth to the maltiness, and there's just a lot going on, but it's all really well rounded. Um, you get that coffee. I see why they called it. Um, they called it a flat white coffee porter, but in the like byline, they said cold brew iced coffee porter, and that's exactly what the difference is. Is usually on like a coffee porter, it's much more coffee forward, and this this tastes kind of like cold brew coffee. Like it's mm-hmm. a little. A little more understated on that coffee. Um, that it goes really well with the temperature. Um, yeah, it's really like you could you could start a hot day with one of these. Like it's, <laughs> um, I really like. Like I said, that like there there was like what seventeen million different malts in there, and you can tell that. Um, but that coffee doesn't interfere. It just sort of comes in the back end. It's like, hey, yeah, now here's your cold brew, really nice solid coffee taste happening. Now that the malts have sort of done their thing had their arc of uh, of taste um uh yeah this is really really good um it's been a while since i've had sort of a coffee-based beer that does something different usually it's just like okay yeah you're having a coffee porter or you're having whatever like you know sort of where the coffee sits this is sitting in a slightly different place and like i said it, it's it's much more reminiscent of a cold brew than uh sort of a warm brew coffee which is not something i've had before and I think nice. it goes obviously really well with a literal cold beer. Yeah, good. <sighs> um, the sweetness um, that I mentioned earlier is still there. Through, um, and it's it's sort of like it does it fades quicker. So the regular taste, all those mul- lovely multi notes, um, fade. And you get this like high sweetness, and then you get the coffee and. Then the sweetness fades, and you get this lovely sort of, uh, with a slightly dry mouth feel, um, bitter coffee, lingering sort of iced coffee taste. And I think mm. it, that sort of higher sweetness, if it lasted any longer, would be a put off. But I think it it lasts just long enough that it helps transition you from sort of roasted malt forward to iced coffee aftertaste. Um, so yeah, it's just it's quite well crafted. Good, nice. So let's leave these beers there and uh, move on to our remaining topics for this evening. Uh, Lucy, I'll come to you first. Okay. I played. <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> what do you want to finish the show on? <laughs> uh, played a couple games as always. I finished Bloodstained, um, Curse of the Moon 2. That's more Bloodstained for anyone who doesn't mm. know. Castlevania 3. Very good game. Um, it's, it's definitely a bit more punishing with like the knockback and there, there are certain choke points where it's like, yeah, we, we purposely designed this to annoy you and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to drop it to casual mode and screw you. Um, but yeah, I finished like <laughs> most of the levels on like veteran mode. It's either casual like, or veteran, mm. which is kind of annoying. It's like, why is there no intermediary where it's like, oh, the, the, yeah, where's the less I used to play something. games a bunch, but don't anymore category. <laughs> or I'm too old for Twitch reactions, but still yeah. like playing video games. Exactly. I'm two years older than when I played the first Curse of the Moon. That means everything. So, yeah, but good game overall. 
it's exactly, almost exactly the same, but as I say, more of that, I'm happy. Um, I, I'll start with, not on a bum note, but it's like, this game is sad. Uh, it, it's okay. called Before I Forget, and mm. it's a game that's, um, it's about, you know, someone dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. It's played from a first-person perspective. Um, it's got this really nice watercolour like look to it. Um, and you're sort of like picking up these mementos and these photos and these pictures around this around your house. You're playing as this woman called Sunita who's um, she's immigrated to the UK, she got married over there and it's like she's suffering from dementia, she can't remember any of this. And she's going around her own house and it's it's so heartbreaking, it's like she can't remember where she is and that this is her own house and like one of the most heartbreaking moments is like, where's the toilet? <laughs> and you're mm. you're like walking around the house and every door that you pick it leads to the same place, sort of like PT, but with a lot much less horror. Right, but yeah. It, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's also a really honest and I think one of the probably the best like examples in video gaming I can think where they portray like you know mental illness in that way. Like mm -hmm. Ben, you loved Hellblade, and you thought that was yes. a very good take on like psychosis. I think this is. Um, alongside that game G30, you remember that puzzle game that we played? Where, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I think I think that's alongside that. Um, before I forget, is probably one of the best takes of like, oh, this is what it'd be like. You know, as much as we can portray this, this is probably what how harrowing this would be, and how heartbreaking it mm. would be, and how unnerving it would be. I mean, it's not a horror game by any means, but there are like some. Some moments where you know the the use of the camera work from the first person and just um, the nature of the disorientation and stuff like that it, it really hammers it home and captures it well. But yeah, it's 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 sad, <laughs> but I think it does a really good job of like conveying what it wants to convey. Um, and yeah, it's on Steam. Mm. It's it's just about this, six pounds. And... Did it come out last week? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I was actually it, it's been sort of on my radar for a little bit, and I was in the supermarket tracking through just Twitter and stuff, and mm -hmm. noticed the devs had sort of started tweeting a bit more about it and and sharing kind of responses and and things to it because it's only made by a small small team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, threefold um, games. Yeah. 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 I think they were they were highlighting the idea of. Uh, like the diversity of their team as well uh, as part of it and trying to tell stories which are uh you know different from kind of what we experience as a you know from from mainstream games and things and it's yeah. definitely one that i kind of as soon as i sort of read a few of these different takes and I'm like oh this this sounds really interesting Mm -hmm. um, yeah. as a as a very different experience to to what i have been playing in the last few weeks yeah, the, the protagonist is a, as I said, like expat Indian woman, and she's mm. she's a master in like uh, astronomy and like okay. learning about 
different takes on like astrology which is weird because like my friend got me to sign up to like a youtube channel she started like this astrology youtube channel it's like oh this is not like greek mythology which i'm used to like oh there's <laughs> there's orion there's like pegasus and stuff like that it's like oh no there's different kinds of astrology so who would have thought because stars are everywhere like They're modern every astrology because yeah. <laughs> they just decided to add some more <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah it's, it's definitely got um diverse uh points of view which is refreshing mm -hmm. like um how many times have you played a game where it's like oh i'm playing as a full indian woman like i'm not talking about uncharted lost legacy <laughs> and it's like <laughs> oh okay you know Okay, That's there's one refreshing. game that I've played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good place to finish on a, on a laugh. Because, yeah, it is, it is like, I mean, if you've got family members with you suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's or stuff, like, it, it can hit home. And, mm, yeah, definitely. You know, um, but the, they go in to say, like, look, this is, you can experience this in less than an hour. Um it's really short, yeah, and it really—I think it really does a good job to capture that. Whilst also, but it's still got like uplifting parts to it, you know. It's like this woman; she had a life and she had good times and stuff like that. So it's not nice. all sad doom and gloom. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely before we it. before you move on from it, just had a quick look on Steam. Um, it is ten percent off at the moment, so it's under five pound fifty. Five pound thirty nine. Oh, nice. uh, oh, but it says, "Is this game relevant to you? Similar to games you've played, Return of the Obra Dinn and the Stanley Parable." It's probably not like either of those games, is it? Uh, except it's that it's independent. First I bet it's because it's independent, yeah. and you and you and you walk around in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah Welcome to I, shitty algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> I'd liken it more to Gone Home, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so like New Z. I don't know. In the Stanley yeah, yeah, Parable, you walk into the same room a lot. <laughs> but the Stanley Parable. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Stanley Parable is a lot funnier and more like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, I think like, it would oh, be Stanley fair to say Parable, it's the opposite of the Stanley Parable. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd say if you like the Stanley Parable, go play Jazz Punk or something like that. <laughs> Maybe don't play this. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it's much more of a somber note, but mm. yeah, Steam. Yeah. What more can mm. you say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, another game that I played is called Radical Rabbit Stew, which is just Ooh. simply an arcade puzzle game where you're slapping rabbits in with a label, uh, label, ladle into like pots, and it's <laughs> it's like it's like top down two D. <laughs> The guy you're playing as, he sort of looks like the dude from like Burger Time, so <laughs> it makes you want to have rabbit loin for dinner, and it's, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a, it's just a like arcadey puzzle game. The so I just wasn't a... expecting you to say that you were hitting them in the head with a ladle. <laughs> How else do you get a rabbit into yeah. a pot of stew? Like, you don't kill don't them know. before. I... It's like lobsters; you just dunk them Whoa. in. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so yeah, these rabbits are evil. They'll 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 bite you. They'll fight you back if um if you're not quick enough. So, oh yeah. well, it's, it's, yeah, it's... you're trying to cook them. <laughs> well, yeah. rabbits tasty, so. 
That's true. Well, I can't help that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really, really fun puzzle game. I'm, I'm a few... I think it's probably about three hours long. Um, depending on how quick you solve these puzzles, obviously. But, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, it, it's, it's getting that right kind of logical thinking. It's like, okay, I've got to knock that rabbit first. And then I've got to knock that rabbit into this brick to knock that down. And then get this rabbit into the... It's... it's it's rabbit abuse, but it's um, <laughs> it's a fun puzzle game. It, it's scratching that puzzly itch where it's like, yeah, I can. Ju- I'm playing it on Switch. I can just watch uh, or listen to a podcast and play this, and yeah. Yep. Nice. It's called like sixteen bit, eight bit, sixteen bit, like kind of um, pixelated uh, art style. So that's very much my jam, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I can't really think of any. I played Amanita Design's new game. Um, people who did Samorost three and two and one, mm. and bot- botan bot- botanicula. I can never say that. Uh, oh the name yeah, of that yeah, game. yeah, um, yeah. That one. I was yeah, gonna try and say it, and then I realized <laughs> I was just gonna make something up. And, yeah, like. That yeah, one. The, the, the the one with the bugs and the one with the the weird little person with the hat and he's going around all these different planets. So that is Samaros. But I really love their games. Um, they they're a small little developer. Are they Croatian? Oh. Let me Google this. I'm gonna need to design. Google it, mate. Kuchel. Check. Check. Chuchel. Yeah, Chuchel. Kukel mm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check. Uh, Two thousand and three. Jesus. Um, yeah, I love all their games. They just make such good puzzle games. They're so weird and wacky, and you have never, you have no idea what's going on with them. But um, they always make sense. Uh, Machinarium is another one that they made. I think yes. I've played oh, all yeah. their games. Machinarium, um, the game that it seemed like I should want to play, and after like three screens, I was like, I don't like this, and I don't know why. No, dude, it's good. It's good. I, I've heard, yeah, and like uh, it's one of those things where it's like I definitely know I need to go back to it because clearly yeah. that one day was just like not the day for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, but I haven't actually saying that the art style in Creeks, which came out on Apple Arcade, I think it's coming to everything else this week. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it it definitely is kind of like Machinarium. So if it, you didn't like mm-hmm. Machinarium because of the look, I don't know, then maybe I don't think it was the look. I think I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I just. Maybe it's I was on a high horse. I don't know. Like it just—it it didn't work that day, and then mm-hmm. I went back. Yeah. And I—it didn't work. In a, it's not like it didn't work in where I was like, "This is fucking stupid. I hate it." It was just mm-hmm. like, well, "I'm not feeling it." Didn't grab you. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. That happens all the time, and then come back to it, and it's like the best thing ever. Um, or never come back to it because there's too many games in the world. Yep, yeah, that's definitely more your style. <laughs> you know, my style is, "Hey, that's a game." And then and don't it. touch it. <laughs> <laughs> it somehow ended up in my Steam library, but never gonna touch yeah. it. Yeah. Nah. No, Creeks is like a, it's it's kind of a game where you're not really, you're not the active participant. You're more manipulating, like right. these things in the world to move things and move platforms and um, get out of your way and stuff like that. So. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's more... Yeah, you are more 
manipulating these objects in these level by level really you're still a, interesting you're, you're still a character but you're yeah, this yeah, moving through yeah it's kind of like odd world almost yeah. it's that like side scrolling kind of you have to go and actually hit a lever move some stuff absolutely that, yeah. that's a better example than i could have ever thought of so thank you um but yeah this is like one of the first games where you're playing as like a human instead of a robot Weird. or a bug or a hmm. piece of lint like in kukel or whatever um but yeah, it's really fun. I definitely recommend it. It's, it's that kind of puzzle game where it's like, yes, things ramp up and things get new new elements, new mechanics get in, reintroduced or introduced initially right at the place where it's like, yeah, this is getting a bit, not stale, but it's like, yes, this is the right point where you need to introduce, inject some you know different mechanics, a bit right. more life into it. And it just flows really well, and it's one of those games where I never had to look up a solution. Um, it, okay, it, nice. The difficulty nice. spike never got too hard, but it still challenged me in a way where, yeah, I felt satisfied and I felt smart enough by the end of it. So, yeah, they make such good games. Definitely recommend that over everything mm. else. So, yeah. Nice. It, it's out on Steam uh, on the 22nd, so tomorrow. Oh, of recording day for those of you oh, watching yeah. us on the stream it's out tomorrow mm. uh, for those of you listening to the podcast it came out on the 22nd of July so it yeah. is on Steam out at least and it's on your Apple Arcade mm. I don't have, if you have Arcade. for the two people who have Apple Arcade <laughs> again Steam doing a brilliant job mm. is this game relevant to you <laughs> similar to games you've played Disco Elysium Return of oh. the Opera Din doesn't look like either of those games. <laughs> I mean, Steam just hasn't got a clue tonight, has it? Nope. Anyway, that's tonight. a wrap from me. That's adorable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's all I played. Now, Adil, what, I need to use a toilet, so I want to see how Adil worms his way <laughs> trying to speak about something today. So, what Wait, I thought you needed to use the toilet. I do, but I want to be here for this. Oh, I see. <laughs> Well, the problem is, like, I don't think we have the time to get into the whole Ubisoft crunch. Oh god, I'm, yeah, I'm gone. Bye. Oh, we we, we did I'm talk about it. Court. We talked about it a little bit last week, didn't we? Yeah, but more revelations came out. I'm, I'm mm. grasping at straws. Um, oh no, <laughs> she has gone for a wee. Yeah, but Lucy turned her camera off, which means now the Adam picture on stream is over top Lucy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Well, we talk about the combat and Ghost of Tsushima until she gets back. <laughs> um, I wanted to play Super Hot Mission Control Delete, um, but didn't. And then I've had this job application that I didn't foresee. So this week has been really light on games, including like so. On Magic the Gathering online, uh, on paper and online, there's been a um, new thing called Jumpstart, which is basically you get two booster packs that have lands in them and a theme on each of them, and you smash them together and you can play. And it's like, oh, there's no deck building. It's and it's supposed to be super accessible. And I was hoping to like do some streaming and experimenting with like, hey, is this a good way to onboard? Like, I've got friends who are kind of interested. I'm like, oh, is this a way to like onboard you because you don't hmm. have to worry about. Um, deck building or like really weird mechanics because it's all sort of designed to be in the sealed space. 
Yeah. And it's just kind of supposed to be real fun. But I didn't get a chance to, like, it came out last Friday, and I didn't get a chance to play even a round of it. Um, just because uh, my weekend was being out in a field one night and then just doing work the other night. And I think Brandon Hill. Oh. Uh, so, so, but that's the thing. Like, I really want to do, and actually, I'd, I'd love um, to find someone who might be interested in uh, learning uh, CCG and seeing if this is a good way to like onboard at all, and maybe doing some videos for the the YouTube channel on like this is like talking through, like doing a head to head, but like being able to talk through. This is how this game works. This is why I find it strategically interesting. Here's some interesting like interactions, uh, while also having. Uh, um, the product being really accessible at this moment, but mm. I didn't get to do that. Um, I'm hoping to do that this weekend, maybe. But um, yeah, so that was gonna be sort of my topic was jumpstart. Um, so basically, the idea is some of the themes are like, you know, all the creatures are dogs or unicorns, and some of it's like really esoteric, or it's like, does it have a doctor in in the art? Apparently, so like, there's a whole bunch of themes that are like really strange, and you basically crack a pack that is theme based. You pick two different themes and you smash them together, and you just try and play. Um, but yeah, uh, so unfortunately, I didn't get to do that. So, and I also because I've been trying desperately to do a good job at applying to this job, which is one of the few things that is out there in my field. But also is a very good example. Like, this would be a fantastic job to get even in a non-COVID time. So I've just been focusing on that. Yeah. And you've got to. You've got, you've yeah. got to put everything aside, uh, you know, games and everything wise oh. to focus on, on life. Yeah, I, mean, I think the, that's... Go ahead. It's a, it, it's a, good, uh, it's a good message for, for everyone at the moment. I imagine there's lots of people out there who have either started back to work or have uh, uh, gone back to a workplace having been working from home uh, lots of different ways that, that life is, is at least in the UK is kind of getting back to how it was several months ago and uh, you know gaming may have taken the forefront for a lot of people over the last few months you know lots of time off lots of free time to be able to do stuff and suddenly we're getting back into an area where we have to juggle our entertainment, juggle yeah. what I, we're doing I with our lives. It. I, I had to do work today and I was like... Oh, you had you... to do work as well? Yes. Wait, yeah. Lucy, but I was like, what, what did you have to do? I, I, I legally can't tell you. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, that's a cop like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally did some work, honest. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, like... I, I would be perfectly fine saying like I've been a bum for the last six months or whatever because I have been but yeah I was like y you mean I can't just watch Netflix and play all these games like, I mean w my, one of the kicks in the pants for me was like I'm riding the coattails of um, savings and um, my last paychecks from the university and I know that I probably won't get any teaching this year and it's like that's been a bit kind of like a days ago and then it was like oh this job opportunity came up and it like i might actually be able to get it mm -hmm. uh it's nowhere close to here but that's fine and it was like right but also one of my housemates just got let go and she's been at her from a part-time position that she's been at for years yeah, uh, and sucks. it's like yeah In this time, like... yeah but it was just like right um 
Uh-oh. <laughs> I can't rely on scrounging for a job to make ends meet when, like, like taking my time doing the, the shitty job search that my, like, I'm just at a position where, in my life, where I finish my PhD, getting an academic job will take some time, and it's a bad, it's generally a bad um, job market, and it's obviously yeah. way worse now, but it's like, right, I can't rely on, well, I've got skills outside of that, I'll find something, because the people who live in the something are getting fucked by COVID and everything yeah. else as well. And I just, there's just no reliability. So it's like, oh, well, that means I really have to push to like not just sort of not be lackadaisical about the jobs I want, even if those are really going to be really rare. But also because mm. then I also need to push just as hard for those things that in a regular economic climate, I, yeah, I'm sure I could find something that paid the bills. But now, Less sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's just a yeah. crappy time. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's stressful, it's been that's for sure. for a while. Yeah. I'll just join an industry with crunch. That'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And getting your application and stuff right becomes all the more critical, which makes it all the more stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I spent two weeks doing one. <laughs> Yeah, get myself like, what to. What do you want? It, it's, what? it's one of those. It's having the courage to actually put yourself forward for something, and yeah, I hate the. Yeah, a lot of it is that, and like that's the thing in academia where if you don't square yourself with, I need to at least try. <laughs> have the ego enough to be like, yeah, I can this do this. My area, but yeah. I could do this, and yeah. I need to tell you. No, I, not only does that mean I should apply, but also I need to apply and say I'm the one who can do this for you. Yeah, I, and I like I, like in my head I need the minimum bound of like I could do this, and then on paper <laughs> I need to be like I'm the only one who could do this. These are yeah. the reasons why I'm the best one. Yeah. Like the things that you think make me less qualified because I'm non-standard. That's why I'm the best one. Yes. Yeah. I always oh, just want to pee on like every application. Yeah. It's like I'm the smartest person you could ever um, <laughs> employ, but that just sounds way too big-headed and egotistical for anyone to hire me. Even though I know it's true, I just wish yeah, you could be yeah. properly honest on these applications. Yeah, I, I yeah. hate I hate the whole you have to sell yourself stick. I hate it doing that. I'd rather mm. just tell them I would like a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and you are offering one that will suit me. <laughs> yeah. In exchange well, like, I for that, no, I will I, do what yeah. I'm asked. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have no idea what this job is, but I will uh, figure it out eventually. And yeah. yeah. But also, like, something something's gone horribly wrong when, um, like, the idea that you need to go above and beyond and do all kinds of extra shit to be the right person. It's like, no, actually, I should get this job because you're paying someone to do X. And I'll come in and do X, and I'll yeah. be good at it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to do it when I'm not around. But that's not <laughs> what you're hiring. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if someone yeah. like it shouldn't matter if someone's willing to fuck themselves over for this position because you shouldn't be asking anyone to do that. Yeah. But Absolutely. it turns out I... our broken capitalist system undervalues labor to a strong degree. It, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been told in a job. You're very good at this job, but you don't put in more hours than you need to. Like, no, you're right. I don't, <laughs> and I'm never going to. Yeah. Why would I pay Do me for the fire? job that I'm doing? Would you like to die in it? <laughs> That's the sort of question that the response I would give is, 
you you do like what <laughs> are you mad <laughs> actually the response you should give is i bet you don't either fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i'm unemployed um, or, you mean you'd like me to do the extra hour that you do instead <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to because i'm better than you i can do it in a shorter time or more importantly, yes. so if you pay me your executive wage of yeah. six figures, I'll work yes. as many hours as you fucking want instead of minimum wage. Yes, like, you crack on, mate. I think that only I think that only works for some jobs. Some jobs, <laughs> you'd say, "What is your executive figure?" And they say, "It's this." And I'm just, no, I'm not fucking working for that. Fuck you. What you need to do is just get into like the tech startup industry, and then when they all collapse. You just take all the, you know. You just start your own hard drive. <laughs> yeah, you take all the, all the decent tech. You know, all the nice TVs, all the computers, because that's all we, us nerds, really want, isn't it? I mean, I think I think <laughs> we're probably about twenty years too late for that. But <laughs> yeah, the dot com boom is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who bought and sold shares in Apple in the eighties or whatever that yeah. are killing themselves right now. <laughs> Mm. Yes, absolutely. Looking at the value of that going up. I I have absolutely no doubt that some teenager somewhere used to own something ridiculous like (laughs) wank.com or something stupid. And then they're like, oh yeah, I can sell it for a hundred (laughs) quid. And now there's some ridiculous porn site associated with it or something like that. Which which earns millions and millions it's like Bitcoin as well. It's like if I'd gotten on board with that at the start, I mean, you'd be rolling in cash now <laughs> for this thing that literally doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> What's the next uh, biggest trend then? What should we bank on? Oh, what could we bank on? As a, as, a, as a final note to the podcast, what can we bank on um, for the more next executives ten years? That Ubisoft getting fired. Um, yeah. No okay. Fine. Yeah, no. 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 Bet on that. No. No. They'll get. They will resign because that's yeah. what they do. they'll yes, resign yes. with a, with yes. a golden yeah. parachute. They, no, they won't yes, be fired. They, they will resign of their own volition. You're right, Adam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you, you alluded you alluded to it slightly, Adam, as part of our topic, and we won't go into it. We kind of delved into it last week because <laughs> how the fuck can Eve Gilmo run a company and not know all this shit's going on? Yeah. Complicit. 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 Um, <laughs> but. His sweet it's, little it's, voice, and he tricked you know, us all. We, we constantly hear, you know, Ubisoft <laughs> fighting off the evil mega French corporation from getting all of their powerful shares, and there's just a bunch of dickheads running it anyway. Mm. So, <laughs> fuck Ubisoft. We ended on it last week. We ended on it this Absolutely. week. Fuck Ubisoft. Uh, let's talk about the beers that we have drunk. Oh, it's me first. Um, <laughs> I was like, mm. look, look at my list as if I'm coming to one of you, but it's not. Uh, I don't know. I like both beers. I think the uh, Bless the Weather, the Hazy IPA, was much more refreshing, uh, much easier uh, to go down. The Mockingbird Dream, which is the double IPA collaboration with Dea, has that bit more body to it, has a bit more viscosity to it. Definitely highlights the malts a little bit more. Um, but as I drank it, it it became familiar almost. It, it, it it's that lovely amalgamation of what left-handed giant do and what Daya do. Uh, it, it sits somewhere in between both breweries very very well. 
and is a very well balanced very well made beer which having now drank a can I could so easily drink and I would not put it at an 8% double IPA I'd say I can understand you know it's, it's definitely a bigger IPA but maybe not quite hitting the 8% and I think I'm going to pick that one this week just because of that Right. Just because it, it does a little bit more and presents itself a little bit better than the previous beer. And, and it does give you me elements of both brewers as well. So a, a, a good collaboration in the sense that I'm getting two very distinct flavors or, or right. distinct elements that I can associate with both breweries. Um, so, yeah, just very, very well made. Uh, nice. Lucy, mm. how about you? Yeah, close one this week because yeah, they both fall foul to the not rounding out that experience um, how I would have wanted. Flavor profile can't really fault either of them, um, save for like I wish they had the, a bit more bitterness. But yeah, very fruit forward. Uh, the right hand man back, which was the second beer, had a bit more a bit more of a malt profile to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it to that one rather than the is it called the Imbongo? Yeah, um, just because it, even though they both didn't have that kind of like, I just want a beer. I just want a beer. Yeah. I don't want fruit juice. They 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 they're both guilty of that, leaning more into the fruit juice kind of thing. But I think the right hand man back did it a little bit better, maybe because of the dry hop dry hop to it um mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah it, i i think marginally i'm gonna give it to that one but yeah they're both lacking in terms of coming full circle and having that rounded okay. profile yeah so yeah fair mm-hmm. hmm. easy drinking and really tasty beers mm-hmm. just not enough beer for me <laughs> yeah yeah mm. that's fair uh adult uh i think no one will be surprised that I like the um, Flatway Coffee Porter from the Garden Brewery um, more than the uh, Big Idea Oatmeal Stout from Mobberly Brewhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flatway Coffee Porter just had a lot going on. Like I said, I've never had a coffee-based beer that clearly evoked um, cold brew in such a distinct way. That it, and again, and it, which is kind of mind-boggling because obviously you drink beers at a low temperature, and so cold brew mm. versus hot brew seems like uh, a shoe-in. But like it just it it does the dud. It, it did. It does have the taste. Oh, man. God, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have pointed it out. I could have probably just kept steamrolling, um, uh, but I didn't. Look, I've had a couple of beers, it's been a long day, I've been doing job application shit, I don't know what words are, go die in a fire, people, no, don't, I mean, that's, that's where Ubisoft should die, um, you, you, all y'all, yeah, um, find this beer, uh, from, uh, the Garden Brewery, it's really good, um, I really like, like I said, their beers, yeah, I, I've yeah, never had a bad beer from them. Oh, I've had a few from them, and yeah. uh, I think this is probably the best one I've had from them. Nice. And I, I, mm-hmm. I do think that the, the reason I really like it, oh, it also has 30 IBUs, um, is because it, it sort of did the porter thing, and then the, the aftertaste was 
very unique and did mm. exactly what it says on the tin, which is like I said, this cold brew iced coffee taste. And it, and and the two like there was a good transition between the two, and they didn't fight. Um, and so I got, yeah, the the initial taste is kind of bog standard coffee porter, uh, but the finish is so unique and so mm-hmm. interesting, and 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 that's worth them um, seeking it out. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. nice. nice, good. Um, Adam, yes, hello. You've only had your vodka and Dr Pepper before. It's something that you regularly drink. Yeah. Um, we we can ask you which which drink of yours. Uh, was I mean, best wait. Did evening, you like but... the one that was slightly colder because you were closer to the kitchen at the time? Yeah, <laughs> I, I preferred it when it had the ice cubes still in it and they hadn't melted. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. It's preferable mm. then. Um, Trust me, Ben. This... I, I can make a comparison where one doesn't need to exist. I'm a yeah. philosopher. <laughs> I was going to ask: Is this is this the kind of drink you would uh, you would have all night? Is this something that you would sit for an evening gaming session with, for a, 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 a night out with friends, and sit on the the vodka and diet pepper? A diet pepper? No, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> what do you mean? Or yes. Or is it kind of that one shot for you? Is it like I'll have one of these and then I'll move on to something else? No, it tends to be my what I would just drink. Um, mm. I found that, you know, rather than mixing and matching or anything like that, I find that one you can get it basically everywhere, which is handy. Mm. And two, yeah. I, I can control it quite well. You know, so you can get that just that nice buzz and just hold that mm. through a night, as opposed to going a wee bit too overboard or not having enough and yeah. you know being left behind by the party, <laughs> as it were. So yeah, if yeah. if you were at a bar, what would be your would this be your drink of choice? Like, just as a social drink, then? Yeah. Like, if you were at a fancy bar, just yeah. Dr. Uh, Pepper and vodka. Oh, uh, well, usually at bars it would just be uh, vodka and Coke, just because that's easier. Okay, fair. Uh, yeah. But, and depending on what, you know, the people I was with were drinking, if they were having pints, I would maybe order, like, a double and just take a wee bit longer with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and always so- swan off, or...? That's the, that is preferable, like but Goose. I know yeah. just basically every bar switches you onto the cheap stuff after whatever time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you can always tell. <laughs> that's other mm-hmm. tracking nobody. The Glens, <laughs> the Glens vodka comes out. Yeah, after, so. the the paint stripper comes out. Uh, yeah. Oh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it's weird with spirits with me. I, I always feel like. Maybe I should find a more refined spirit the older I get. You should. Yeah, but that, that's I, definitely the, yeah. the key, because mm. the, the cheap vodkas are awful. Yes. Like, the likes yes. of Glens, they just burn the whole way mm. down. They're not pleasant to drink, even when you drown them in mixers. And mm. that's, like I said, like I preferred the black label, because it was that bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. It was that bit nicer to go down with. Uh, and not a bad vodka, yeah. you know? So yeah, exactly, but the red the label's still the biggest. absolutely... Yeah spot on for it and there's mm. there's a few I can't remember the names of but there is a few other kind of ones like there's uh, like New Amsterdam or something like that and a, f- mm. a few other ones that are yeah. maybe similar price they're a wee bit cheaper for the same kind of size bottle that are all you know that kind of ni- nice yeah. enough but not awful <laughs> well, <laughs> and w- like and without, without going for like, like the, Russian, so, yeah. the 80 pound bottles that break the bank that you look at and go who's buying that yeah <laughs> like, yeah it, what it lunatic needless <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Have you have you delved into sort of like the Grey Gooses and those slightly more premium brands? Uh, I've had a couple. Uh, there's one that I always remember that I thought was absolutely brilliant. We had in a night out. It was complimentary at one place for I can't remember why, and it was a is a kind of almost kind of like uh, transparent coloured, but kind of cloudy with a white. Uh, kind of pattern design on it almost like a tree or something I can't remember the brand mm. I just remember that we thought that was absolutely brilliant we should have more of that and looked mm. it up and it was like £120 a bottle <laughs> <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> and you're like brilliant. that is why that was very nice and we will not be having that again <laughs> unless mm. it's free <laughs> which yeah. it, it's not obviously <laughs> um, yeah I I, I've tried a few like... but I, th- I tend to find that when you're you're just drinking socially and that it's easier just having mm. you know like the likes of a Smirnoff or something dependable yeah. not going to be too expensive and you can have as much or as yeah. little as you want to to see you through mm. right yeah. especially I think when I was yeah. uh, sorry Adam carry on no I was going to say especially no, no. if you're mm. you know buying for a party <laughs> you're having you yes. know if it's not just you drinking it that's something you can buy a few bottles of and not feel like You've wasted your month. <laughs> well, Adam, we're right. all over the age of thirty, so we don't have parties. Um, <laughs> sorry to no. break it to you, but I mean, we're also in the time of Corona, so I meant before Corona. But anyway. uh, orange grey goose is um, dangerous. I'll just say that it tastes like Fanta. <laughs> don't Ooh. ever drink. It sounds that. like awful. Yeah, is uh, is that is like that, Smirnoff Ice, or is it like a pre-mixed one, or is it? No, I think it's just orange flavored. From what I can remember, I'm sure it's grey goose. Um, yeah, that does sound dangerous if it's not. Mixed. Yeah, <laughs> it basically tastes like Fanta. Yeah. yeah, um, it's dangerous. But yeah, I like a black or white Russian. And that's it. I don't see color, so I just. <laughs> <laughs> what a good place to finish this week. Um... <laughs> God, I'm stupid. I apologise to everyone. No, that was very good. Uh, I was going to say, if I could post scripts until we've ended. (laughs) Uh, We forgot to mention like the the most important mechanic in Ghost of Tsushima, the combat. Uh, Yes. It's fine. (laughs) Next week. Uh, Come back next week. I was just going to say, you know, anyone that was worried it would be too difficult like Dark Souls yeah, or Bloodborne or anything like that. Mm. It's not as difficult as that. No, not at all. Not at all. It's, it's, just, it's just a baby game for babies. Yeah, it, it's tighter. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tighter combat than even like so. Might as well be a Nintendo yeah. game. <laughs> it, it's tighter combat oh, than that, but, and it walks the line so. between, you know, the katana and everything feeling very deadly, without mm. being too punishing. You can get away with making a hash of it a few times before you get ki- right. killed all the time. Okay. Yeah. it's not too overbearing in that regard which is something I was a wee bit worried about but it's not that bad and I'm playing it on normal so it's definitely not that bad (laughs) (laughs) come back and tell us your closing thoughts because I'm really interested on yeah well we'll have to wait two months for Ben to finish it but (laughs) 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 if he's the only one when you finished it when you finished it come back and let us know and tell us uh, kind of how it was as a whole experience I may still be playing through it at that point. Yeah, and send uh, me a disc as well. Fine. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have to send you my hard drive and that's not happening. <laughs> we can swap them out. Right? Send yeah. it to me instead. You can take out the hard drive. It's fine, Adam. I'll give you mine. I'm the last of us. 
there would just be a bunch of games on it I don't Two know the name games. of like what the hell no, are these indie titles who plays these there's like three of those and oh I don't know if I have um... in fact no no I will not send it to you because it might have Detroit on it and that is a cursed game so I would never do that to anybody no you have to you have to factory reset it first <laughs> <laughs> but it's got PT on it no. Oh, we can't refactor. You can't do that. Leave PT. Oh, PT send me always. your PlayStation if you're PT. I would like to play it. Yeah, I will if you want. I don't know, how, but yeah, my PlayStation's currently doing the rounds now. So, mm. uh. good. Let's finish there this week. Uh, you can get hold of us in lots of different ways, Adam. If people want to talk to you about their favourite vodka or what they're playing at the moment and the games that you're playing how do they do that uh, on twitter it's at snack which is a-p-t-s and capitals and then the rest of snack <laughs> in lowercase is that, that's a terrible description I've done this poorly can you tell it's been a while <laughs> since I've done this uh, it's fine <laughs> that is apt what snack with a capital s <laughs> s-n-e-k S N A C K, surely. Yeah, yeah I was just tra- I was trying to get him to spell it out so that he would consistently say all the letters of the handle because that's what he was critiquing himself about, and he didn't take the option. He'll be he'll be in the show notes if we have show notes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just look for the haunter as the avatar. That that will do it. You'll find me yeah. that way. <laughs> Yeah, you spot me, a wild haunter out in the wild. Good, the haunted that people can't see on the video because I put some <laughs> in yeah, front of exactly. it. Hang on, hang on, whoa, whoa, Except whoa, when Lucy it. leaves the room, in which case then you see the haunter for a bit. Oh yes, yeah, so gone. There you go. Uh, yeah, see, see, there see, is. There we go. It's even haunted the podcast. There we go. Done yes. it. <laughs> Good. Um, I am at Nova underscore forty seven. Almost everywhere. Lucy is juicy loose nine. On all of the platforms she exists on. Adel is at the Omniarch almost everywhere there's an underscore in there occasionally on things that get <laughs> used Twitch. Twitch. on the occasion uh, we are Tanks Up Cast on Instagram on Twitter you can get all of us at outoflives.net and go there to read articles that we're putting out look at the other things that we're doing Lucy you and I had our second part of the Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast we did so we ran through our thoughts on the second half and the ending of that game. Trash. Uh, Adam is constantly putting up uh, articles and writing different things about his experiences within gaming, yeah, uh, mostly, um, that are going up on the site as well. So go to outoflives.net to look at what we're all doing over there. Also go to our YouTube channel. Adam, you've been doing a lot of hard space shipbreaker stuff over there. Yeah, Salvage Saturdays, yeah. my convenient <laughs> name for that. That I'm surprised no one else has stolen. Because <laughs> I did search yeah, for it and no one's really bothered. <laughs> I, thought, nice. I thought even the developers would have came up with that before me, but nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been putting up a, a weekly video. Uh, it was a short video last week, but it tends to be... The the, the way the game's broken up, the, the shifts are about 15 minutes long. So mm. the videos are usually just the one shift showing you what I'm doing and me talking through it and... Usually me failing miserably at something or setting myself on fire. Because <laughs> you know, let's be let's be honest, that's where the content is. <laughs> yeah, Space absolutely. Is yeah. And a nice, uh, a nice, I suppose, change of pace for you as well from something like Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, uh, a very different game 
mm. to be able to go and and, yeah, and, and for viewers to go and take a look yeah, at yeah it's a lot more it's not exactly chilled out but it is because of the 15 minute kind of timer it's much more kind of bite sized right. so you have that you can obviously do as many of them in a row as you want anyway but with with the 15 minute timer you feel like you can just go in and do the, the one shift and then if that's you sorted you know you can just turn it off after that it doesn't feel like as big as something like Ghost of Tsushima, even though you can play it endlessly. <laughs> right, yeah. sure. Yeah, no, it's good fun. I enjoy it. Flying, a, flying about in space, good. cutting ships up. It's good stuff. <laughs> so that is all of us over on YouTube. That's us on the internet. That is us this week. We've been tanked up. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ciao www.outoflives.net